Big Talk is a member of Odd Pods Media and the ASAP Network. Probably would help for me to put us in the in the, in the room. <laughs> Hey, we're off and running here on this Friday morning. Welcome into Big Talk. I'm Dalton Shetler. That's Sam Sprunger. Uh, college sports with a Midwest perspective, blue collar and blue blood. We're we're this despite the the shaky takeoff. We're ready to go here on this Friday because it's Friday. That's right. And <laughs> the NFL draft. We've got round one in the books. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Big Ten flavor in round one and what's still to come. Uh, we got a couple other topics to hit on as well, but nonetheless, yeah. For I, I got to be honest with you, Sam. Normally, when it comes to the drafts, either NFL, NBA, because those are the the biggest broadcasted ones, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The baseball one has just started being a TV thing. Before it was like, I don't know if you ever see like the old video of like when the the Colts took John Elway. You know, the yeah. commissioner's in a conference room in a hotel in front of a little podium and he says the the Baltimore Colts select John Elway and like nobody's there other than just the people drafting that's kind of what baseball was until just here recently and they started making it a big deal so they're a little well, bit behind the t- in times and, and forgive me but the nature of the MLB draft kind uh, not so much the NHL but a little bit NHL like they're just so weird mm-hmm like, well, I mean, you draft somebody that could still be playing college. Like, there could it's be high schoolers you've never heard yeah. of. Uh, yeah. Also, also uh, I know they've pared it down, but there used to be over 100 rounds of the Major League Baseball draft. So, mm-hmm. like, that's and, – and it was the first pick took, like, five minutes, if that. Second one, like, they were in – they were rapid fire, whereas the NFL, you, you get – well, you used to get 15 and now it's down to 10 because they've made it more TV uh, friendly. But yeah, it, it Major League Baseball has evolved in with their draft. But yeah, you, you still get kids that you've never heard of because they're playing high school more than like a lot of them um, nowadays anyways. But I do got to be honest, for the most part, even even on the, the bigger broadcastable drafts, the NFL and the NBA, I, I normally kind of take a waiver on them and mm-hmm. I will just follow along on social media. And, yep. and because like, I mean, honestly, what, what else are you really getting from the broadcast last nights? I was hooked into for a little bit. And I don't know if it's because there's so much movement because this draft class maybe is a little bit under what some of the previous have been, but I was hooked in to see how teams were handling some of this. And you got to see the players slide. Will Levis is still on the board as we mm-hmm. talk right now, getting ready for the second round, which, uh, but it was interesting. Real quick, real quick. How weird is that situation like there was a tweet that said he'd been notified by Carolina he was going to be picked number one and here he is still on the board after the first round's over it's weird misinformation never never heard of such a thing <laughs> <laughs> well I've gotten to the point where anymore and I always knew it was kind of what happened anyways because you never want to tip your hat because you never want to have somebody jump in front unless you're the number one pick you really can't openly openly talk about what you want to do because you don't want a team 
to know what your your strategy is because they may jump in front of you but my the cj stroud thing really concerns me to where like it's getting almost dirty like there were the mock draft that we talked about last week the one i saw from cbs a main a main component of the sports world had him going ninth or eighth and and then greg doyle i see greg doyle puts out a thing that people are lying about his his testing and the guy or the people that run the testing said yeah that's all that's all false that's starting to get to the point where it's kind of dirty because you're hurting a man's uh you know like his way of life and you know the difference between the second pick which is where he went and the eighth pick it's millions of dollars mm-hmm. and it just it's it, it, that being a little misleading is different than trying to sabotage a guy's reputation so he falls to where you know teams want him i don't know it just it leaves a sour taste in my mouth well and it wasn't just the test scores that were reported right before right. like there was the that the was story. the big cog in the in the yeah in the story but like it, it was a, a accumulation of things which kind of leads even further to your point I, I brady quinn had the tweet in the story about how he uh, ghosted or bailed on the quarterback camp uh and and that there were concerns with that because you don't do that to the manning camp and, and so on and so forth i can't remember all the details in there and there were some others too and it led to say it's a character assassination attempt yeah on DJ Stroud. And and I, I found that interesting as well, how that was all playing out for Stroud to ultimately land at number two. So I, I'm with you, especially as we talk about misinformation. I thought that was fascinating to watch develop. Yeah, I was going to say, because, you know, like the, uh, the whole uh, Will Levis thing, you know, while that's, that's false as well, that's harmless in the aspect of that's not somebody attacking you know right. somebody's character that's just hey will levis has been notified he's going to be taken number one well that doesn't do anything other than just mislead teams in what they may have available to him picking you're not attacking a person's character or his you know i don't know it just it really bothers me a lot more than will levis being rumored to be number one pick i mean that's all fun and games and and fair in the world of you know drafting but when you're trying to assassinate somebody's reputation that's yep that's pretty bad i that that that's getting to the point where it's you know i, I don't know you, you're, you're showing your character if mm-hmm. you guys are you know trying to you know pull this guy's reputation and pour it down the drain i i salute stroud though because he never came out and you know just threw a fit he just said you know what i can only control what i can control i'm gonna go be me and wherever i fall i fall by the by the way here uh speaking of things in the stratosphere of covering the nfl draft um did anybody else and by anybody else i mean i'm asking you sam anybody (laughs) else can chime in on social media uh did anybody else find it interesting that last night last night shams had tweeted out the first three picks before they happened and none more because i kept going back to his twitter to see and no more came up i know there was before they happened he had it out 
Very, very uh, deja vu of what Woj did in the NBA draft that yeah. one time when he was at yep. Yahoo. So I, I, I found it interesting because there was a pretty big social reaction on Twitter of people saying, stop, just watch the draft with the rest of us. I wonder what got Shams to stop because I, I, I just was curious if it came from the backlash of the fans or if it came from somebody uh, connected with ESPN saying you're killing the broadcast. Stop it. I, I'm curious I'd how that, that sausage is made. Case yeah. Because, and, and let me, let me ask this. I did not see that, but did he have the Texans taking Will Anderson number three? Yes. He, so he had the trade in place before it even happened. So, and let me be clear then, because maybe I didn't specify enough. Okay. This was happening a few, like two minutes before a pick would happen. So, like, he announced, like, the tr the Texans right. made the trade with the Cardinals right before it happened. Okay. And then, like, okay. as that's coming across the broadcast, like, it's now being tweeted, Texans are taking Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama. And then, like, two minutes later on the broadcast, Goodell goes up to the podium. So, it was so just was getting it fed somewhere from somewhere really close to what was happening. Like, wow. No, I didn't see that, but I'm guessing the NFL and ESPN got a hold of him and said, you need to stop. <laughs> which is interesting because that means the that ESPN learned from the night where Woj took over and they they learned besides just hey we need him on our team they right. they learned that like we got to right. find ways to be able to cut off the water in these these uh, situations so i i was just curious how it's anybody else interpreted that because yeah, I'm, right? sure, like, I'm sure there there are people and you know like people like Adam Schefter those big names they have all this information right before but you know, if they can't, if they're going to ruin like their, their, their job, their, their bosses, you know, broadcast, they're not going to cut their nose off, spite their face. They're going to, okay, we'll let it go. <laughs> yep. You yep. know, and then where, where Shams is in a position where it's not his boss. Yeah. And so I'm curious, but you if know, he was motivated to do it in the beginning. What motivated him to stop? I just well, I'm wondering if maybe it was one of those is if you want to still continue to be somebody in this this world of you know the NFL draft or, or whatever, you might want to quit because if not, if you keep doing this, that's fine. You can do it, but going forward, you're not going to be able to report anything because you're going to have false information. <laughs> <laughs> I uh but it, and I'm curious too if if listeners find that interesting at all or if they don't really care cuz like sports media coverage doesn't get covered very well and so like that's right. something that's just going to dissolve into the shadows but I'm curious like what the story was behind the scenes but and will anyway. we ever find out is my question. Yeah. It, <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, too, before we actually get into, because we've talked a little bit about CJ Stroud, before we fully dive into the Big Ten in this first round, uh, our visual audience might be staring at me perplexed because on <laughs> I my was. sweatshirt, yeah, he made comments as soon as our microphones opened. <laughs> I uh, serenaded you in song because of it. <laughs> <laughs> but our visual audience sees I'm wearing a Detroit Lions sweatshirt. Um, so for our audio audience, uh, getting you caught up to speed, but before we, we get into real football, Sam said, what's going on there? And I said, well, maybe it's a better story on air. So yeah. I'll, I'll quickly dive into this. So I grew up, um, a Yankees fan because that. of Derek Jeter. Yep. <laughs> uh, I grew up a LeBron fan and I followed LeBron wherever he went. 
for a long period of time. And I, when I was, gosh, I want to say just going into junior high, I was looking for an NFL team. And I said, you know what? My favorite college team, I grew up rooting for Notre Dame. I'll go through every NFL roster and find out which team has the most Notre Dame alums on there. At the time, it was the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I knew that so, too. <laughs> I, a few years back, I was looking in the mirror and I said, okay, I'm a Yankees Lakers Cowboys fan. This doesn't You're look You're the epitome good. of like bandwagon if somebody right? looks at it. <laughs> well, and everybody would call me a bandwagon, but like no, my no. Res- I, I never I never saw a team win. The Cowboys haven't won. The Yankees have won one World Series since like the 2000 age of Jeter and Bernie Williams and well, Jorge Posada. Oh, oh, nine, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's like, I mean, I was five or six when they were going through that 2000 yeah. run. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, nine, I remember very, very well. But like, yeah, like between the Cowboys, Yankees and and like, I'm, I'm really not winning. But well, this even the Lakers run. up until just, you know, like the end of Kobe's run with Shaq, you know, where they went three in a row. They didn't. I mean, 91 was the last time they were in the finals up to that point when they got beat by Jordan. So it fit me better when LeBron was with the Cavs. I'm not going to lie. That's <laughs> so. <laughs> um but I, I was like, I can't, I can't be this guy. I can't be the Yankees, Lakers, Cowboys guy. So, you so went the other extreme. I was like, how can I balance this out? And I look just over here because I live in Michigan, and the Detroit Lions are going on, and I'm like, that's my solution. So you know I what, went full in with the Detroit Lions. You, you know what it was? Is it, you know what the the Lions were like for you right there, being you know in Michigan, they're right up on your shoulder, sitting real quiet, going, "Hi there." you want to be our friend and you're like fine fine let's be friends well and then they hired uh dan campbell and just kind of ushered that over and i was like yeah i want to be on this boat like dan (laughs) they are a fun group they're easy to root for so that's the story behind the dalton detroit fan well growing up i I, i'm i'm a bears fan i'm i'm a cubs bears uh when it comes to uh I don't really have an NBA team. Honestly, if I had to say I will, it's, I didn't have a rooting NBA team really. So I just kind of adopted one when I was, you know, really young and impressionable. And it was the Utah jazz for some unbeknownst reason, other than I really like Carl Malone and John Stockton. So I started following them. So the 96, uh, 97 finals and the 98 finals really killed mm-hmm. me because, and yes, I do believe Michael Jordan pushed off on Bryant Russell. Yes, I do believe it, but I don't think there was any way they were going to call a foul. Correct. So, so let's put that. To, yes, I think he did push off, but you know, in the heat of the game and stuff like that, they're not going to call that. John oh, well, it was a, an eyelash away from winning that game too on that three at the end. The, the argument of it, like, let's be honest. Look, I was barely alive, but I've watched the tape enough times. Yeah. That is a push. Like, what are we oh, doing? Sure. Like, I know we love just to, but the, the mythology of Michael Jordan is greater than the player ever was, which is a damn thing to say because mm-hmm. like, we're talking about probably the greatest player. I know that's a debate too. I don't really want to step into that one because that one's overdone. But it's um, Jordan every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I'm not gonna lie. Fine enough. I, I just don't want to do Jordan versus LeBron right now on this. I've show. seen. Um, I saw <laughs> personally. I'm old enough, and and there are probably viewers slash listeners that uh, are in the same boat as me. I saw both of them most of their career. I saw most of Jordan's career, and then all of LeBron's. And I would. I, I, LeBron has the body to play 
in in Jordan's era, but he doesn't have. I don't think he has the character. And yeah, okay, then we'll just leave it at that. I, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like, look, growing up playing basketball and like playing high school and and <laughs> sitting the bench in college, but being on a college basketball <laughs> right. team. Um, like you would do some different drills and there was one drill we did with ball handling and cones where you, you emulated the Jordan push off from that game. So like we were training ourselves to do the push off. Like, wasn't yes, it it's a go, right, go right, dribble, right. And go right. Then cross over push while you're crossing with that over. left hand. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then come back with and then it. Come back to and you it, got yeah. space. Yeah. So no, it's a push. I, I it's a push. And, and it's you know okay. What? It's a push. Every, almost every player in that situation does that, including Michael Jordan. And I would say less than half would probably get called for it in that situation. Jimmy Butler just made one of the most iconic shots I've ever seen in yep. basketball in the playoffs, and it was a push. Like yeah. it, it doesn't to me deter the moment that that was, but no. like it was a push. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, oh yeah, so I get I, it. I completely <laughs> get it. And you know what? Um, you know that right, wrong, or indifferent. And we've talked about Caitlin Clark. If we want to pull the the Big Ten part into it. Uh, you, they get some special treatments. Yep. It's it's right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what the mega stars do get. And there was no way a referee was blowing that whistle on Michael Jordan. And None. and we're talking about something from 25 years ago yeah. where today, like the rules have changed where offense like it's almost encouraged at yeah. times that you do that. They like, might have called a foul on Bryant <laughs> Russell if we were in today's NBA. It's true. Oh, man. All right. We him too close. <laughs> we promise we want to get to Big Ten football, the NFL draft. We had some other stuff. Let's get to a first quarter break. We'll come back with the first round. All right. So as we said, the first round of the NFL draft is in the books. Um, there were a couple things that I thought were surprising from the first round of the NFL draft. But let's start off here. Let's get you a list of all the Big Ten members that were selected in the first round. We start with Ohio State selected second to the Houston Texans, of course, uh, from, did I say C.J. Stroud or Ohio from State? From Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. <laughs> I was the lines. and the whole team got drafted? Yeah. Well, um, no, <laughs> that the maybe. Texans, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the fifth pick, the Seahawks took uh, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, uh, which was really, really interesting because he had a great college career. Um, and especially when they announced that one on the, the ESPN uh, broadcast and they showed some of his highlights. Like, I, I think somebody had mentioned, and I used to know the stat, but like he only allowed one completion like throughout the year. I, I mean, he had a ridiculous ridiculous. Like he in, was in a so great way, good. in a great way. Like yeah. He, oh, yeah. I, I, I honestly would say that um, even over the Will Anderson draft, that that is the. That's the best defensive draft pick in this. If, because if Witherspoon was still available at six for my Detroit Lions now, as I've, I've they wouldn't have traded. They wouldn't have traded. They would have grabbed him 100 percent. I think um, so, yeah. Well, I think that's where that's where he was kind of slotted in, and in a lot of the mock drafts was into Detroit. Yeah, I kind of wish that would have happened. Either him or Anderson. That's it wasn't Stinkin the Seahawks. 
Yeah. Um, but then Detroit traded their pick back. The Cardinals took it at six, and they took Paris Johnson Jr., the big offensive tackle out of Ohio State. So three Big Ten players selected in the top six in this year's draft. Uh, then you go down to number 11. The Titans took Peter Skaronsky, the big offensive tackle from Northwestern. Uh, at 13, the Packers took uh, Lucas Van Ness, the defensive end from Iowa. I liked Iowa. him until he got drafted. <laughs> Green Bay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how you feeling with the Aaron Rodgers thing? You 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 know what? I being a Bears fan, it's it's uh, you know, it's about time uh we got <laughs> at least a fair shake. Uh, and of course Jordan Love will probably be the next Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers because that's just the way it works in my lifetime. Um after Don Mikowski, which I still to this day have a great disdain for that man because he uh he was clearly across the line of scrimmage. This was when in the day of instant replay where it could take five minutes mm -hmm. and it was every possible play. There were no coaches challenges. It was just, we're going to go look at that instant replay. He was clearly past the line of scrimmage through a touchdown pass. They reviewed it for like five to eight minutes and I'm sitting there screaming at the television saying he's across the line of scrimmage completely. They gave him the touchdown anyways. And the Packers beat the Bears for like the first time in like eight years. And so from that point on, um, my disdain for the Packers has grown even wider. That was the origin story of. Well, of I, I didn't like them already, you know, because I was a Bears fan, but like they hadn't done anything in my lifetime until that 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 thing and it was like yeah i now i know why i don't like him <laughs> so that was lucas van ness going to the packers at 13 the <laughs> d from iowa which by the way like i i don't believe i i think the stat was he didn't have a start last year at iowa like which is this amazing is, to think he's a first round draft pick and he didn't start this is somebody whose ceiling is just sky high. And I think that's what's really my attractive about him. My question about him is, is did he have this high draft stock before the combine or after the combine? I, I think I'm not really sure what the disconnect is there between lack of starting at Iowa and why he's such a machine that everybody mm -hmm. wants him. Um, because like you watch the tape and you do check out some of the combine numbers, you're like, wow, you think Iowa maybe should have had him starting wow. and, 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 and to be honest, the bowl, they're actually smart. I was going to say, yeah, like I'm not going to question <laughs> Phil Parker, but like you, you watch the tape and everything and you, you see mm -hmm. like the skill and talent that's there. So the reason um, why I ask is Mike Mamula back in the day, uh, was not even on draft, like reports or whatever went to the combine and absolutely blew things away and ended up like a top 10 pick yeah and then just did nothing and so like I, that's why i asked if if there was if this draft stock was because he wasn't he wasn't garbage he just didn't pan out in the nfl and so i didn't know if this was maybe a modern day mike mamula or if it was People just he he was on a such a great defense that he just didn't start, you know, that I mean, which is possible. I'm not saying that that's not possible. I just didn't know if it was a Mamula. Well, and and that kind of reminded me of we do have somebody like that whose combine numbers were so through the roof. It made everybody 
not just double take, but triple take. And, and he's from the Big Ten. He's from Michigan State. Ben Van Sumeren. Check out the numbers that Ben Van Sumeren had at the Combine. This is a linebacker. Okay. Vertical, 42 and a half inches. Holy crap. <laughs> he can almost jump over my seven-year-old. 40-yard dash time, 4.4. For a linebacker. Broad jump. Really awesome. Uh-huh. Broad jump, 10.11. Goodness. Bench press, 29 reps. Whoa. <laughs> that's that's more than some linemen do. So he did this at uh, the pro day for Michigan State. And at the bottom, because MSU football tweeted this graphic out, they said out of the 2023 NFL Combine uh, linebacker participants, Ben Van Sumeren's vertical jump would have been the highest. His broad jump would have been the longest. Bench press would have been tied for the most. And 40-yard dash would have been the second fastest. Like he absolutely blew up the 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 pro day different metrics where like I think before then he was undrafted. Now he's probably going to be drafted because that's too impressive to ignore. Well, here's the thing though: at least he didn't. People didn't lose their minds like they did with Mamula and make, make him, him top a top 10, 10 <laughs> pick because of it. Because I think that. Well, was it, you know, you don't play football games in underwear or shorts and a T-shirt, I think is what one coach said. You know, you can't go just by what they do at the combine. And they did that with Mike Mamula. Not not that he wasn't good. Excuse me. I believe he went to Boston College. Not that he wasn't good in college. It just he was his numbers outside of a, a football uniform were amazing. And people jumped at it. I remember talking with Ben this last year and. Uh, looking, you get so much different access for the most part where you can talk to these guys. And so yeah. one of the topics I was uh, hitting on him with was uh, speed because we we had a couple of guys that were really flashing their speed on the team. And so I was going around and I was like, hey, who, who's the fastest or whatever? And I went to Ben and asked him and he goes, me. And I said, Ben, you're a linebacker. And he goes, yeah, we got the numbers. And I was like, well, okay. And now, like, I see, I'm like, wow. Like, Ben Van Sumeren was, he was honest. Like, he, he, he wasn't he's lying. that guy. And he yeah. wasn't, like, you know, being cocky about it. It was just me. Yep. <laughs> so, it, well, it, I, I'm glad that his number, I mean, because you know what? They should correlate into something into the draft. They shouldn't, they just shouldn't be the only thing you go off of. Agreed. You know? Agreed. But that'll be interesting to watch in the later rounds uh, for for the listeners. Watch where Ben Van Sumeren gets to go because uh, his combine numbers or pro day numbers were ridiculous. And I tell you what, I never thought we would be talking about Lucas Van Ness this long. I know. Well, let's go from one <laughs> Hawkeye to another. Lucas yeah. Van Ness was selected at 13. At 18, Jack Campbell. Can I just went, say that's an awesome name? I love that name. It is an I awesome I don't know name. what about it. I just, uh, Jack Campbell. Sounds it's very, it's a stout name for yeah, like a stout yeah. linebacker. Like it, yeah. it fits, um, but he's not really stout. Like he's a, a taller, longer linebacker. Right, but, but anyway, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, oh, he he goes your lions. All right. That's right. At number 18. So the lions, which is interesting. And the lions have gotten the most criticism and let's say just noise from the first round of the NFL draft, because a lot of people believe the selections they made at 12, which was Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Bama, and at 18, Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa, they believe they would have been available later in the draft. And maybe they they sold up 
but the Lions and what GM Brad Holmes and the front office are saying is they were our guys. We we don't want to risk if they were available. We went and got our guys. So now we'll just see how. Let's if say that pays it this off. way: the 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 front office of the Lions felt that was the furthest down they could trade and still get Gibbs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It does not matter. It they felt that if they traded any further down with teams that were willing to trade they might not get the guy that they wanted and they might've had two and one of them got taken. You know, don't I'm, I'm, I'm done with judging. Now the bears taking Mitchell Trubisky over uh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. And I heard a stupid thing. Oh, well, do you think Mahomes would have won with Nagy in Chicago? Let's think about this kids. Who was Mahomes uh, quarterbacks coach last year when he won the Super Bowl? Matt Nagy. Okay. So he could have won with Matt Nagy. I'm just saying. I actually if, didn't know Nagy was there in KC, <clears throat> Steph. He he actually came from KC to Chicago. And then as soon as he was let go from the Bears, went right back to KC and he was the quarterback's coach. So he was Patrick Mahomes quarterback coach last year. So okay, let's 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 pump the brakes touch. But my um, point is is you know, uh front offices have certain people that they okay this is who we're going to target how low can we go and get some more draft capital and still get our guy the lions felt 12 was as low as they could go and still get gibbs yeah period so it's it's interesting um and and we'll kind of see how it plays out but we got three more big 10 guys uh wide receiver jackson smith and jigba uh, he was slated to go maybe a little bit higher than where he landed, but number 20 to the Seattle Seahawks. And wow, Seattle, what, that's a receiver core there. I was going to say between DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and yeah, I was going to say lock it. And then you look in the backfield and you, you still have Kenneth Walker, the third there after a breakout mm-hmm. rookie season, Geno Smith on top of a great year, like, Fresh off of a, an extension, you know, a, a new. I, I kind of like what's cooking there in Seattle. Seattle could be a pretty good, uh, at least offensively. I'm not really 100% sure what they're going to do, you know, on the defensive side because they've, they rebuilt it. And then, you know, with Witherspoon there, that's going to boost, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're going Big Ten West out there. Geez. Hey, I was going to say, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true. Um, well, Big Ten. East, right? No, Big Ten in West from meaning, Ohio State. I'm talking about Seattle being in the uh, northwest there, Dalton. Geographically for the Seahawks, they are west. I was starting to do the math and I'm like, wait a minute. That's- <laughs> I'm not talking about division of the Big Ten. I'm talking about the Big Ten conference in the West. That works. That works. <laughs> so I should I say Northwest? <laughs> the Big Ten Maybe- Northwest? Yeah, let's we'll, yeah. we'll switch it to there. So it's not um, as confusing, anyways. <laughs> at twenty-five, Deontay Banks, a quarter out of Maryland, was selected by the Giants, and the final Big Ten member was a Wolverine defensive tackle, Monzi Smith, uh, selected by the Dallas Cowboys at number twenty-seven. So that's uh, how this, this ended up shaping out. Nine Big Ten players selected Almost in the first round. Thirty percent of the first round came from the big 10 that's not to say georgia i mean georgia they just keep pumping out people that just get drafted bama too but the conference as a whole just you know for 
nine of 32 to be taken from the Big Ten. Um, it's impressive. So I wanted to add up two because you mentioned that Georgia and Bama just keep pumping them out. Three Crimson Tide players went in the first round. Uh, for Georgia, they had, is it just two? Just two first rounders? Yeah, I Nolan see. Smith and Jalen Carter. Um, No, Nolan Smith down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah just just those two though, right? No, I, I saw three. Um, Broderick Jones, Pittsburgh. Good find. So yep. three Bulldogs, three Crimson Tide players. So between Bama and Georgia, you had six in the first round. But that and goes think to Big Ten, how the, big they are. The Big Ten Conference and those two teams made up 15 of 32 picks. <laughs> and and I, I should clarify, too, 31, because one was a lost oh, yeah. pick. Yeah, that's right. There's only 31 this year. Um, Who was it? But Because I'm seeing 32 picks. Well, they, they started putting in parentheses when the, the pick that was like taken away from the Dolphins uh, because of the Tom Brady trying to get him to the Dolphins thing oh, right that there. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It so they started putting in parentheses what yes, like pick it actually is. Yeah. Um, Let's see, it would have been the 21st pick was gone. So, yeah. yeah it's, I uh, forgot about that one. So I wasn't looking at the parentheses until you said that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So make the, to make the point even bigger, 15 out of the 31 picks were either Big Just Ten, Georgia, 50%. or Bama. It's <laughs> That's uh, that's hard to top. We'll, we'll talk about what else is to come with the NFL draft in the Big Ten when we come back after this halftime break. You are listening to Big Talk, hosted on Spotify for podcasters and StreamYard. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. This is Beer in Front. Every week I'll talk about a beer that maybe we've forgotten along the way while we get those check-ins and badges. Being the Chicago beer guy, I'll also talk about great craft beer in the city of Chicago. And remember, sometimes the beer in front of you is the best one yet. It's Beer in Front, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. All right, time to get the second half going. Again, taking a look at the NFL draft in the Big Ten. Uh, we highlighted a lot and recapped the first round of the NFL draft. We wanted to take a look forward at what's to come. Uh, with the NFL draft and some of the Big Ten members. Of course, if you're looking at best available right now, Will Levis is sitting there, the quarterback from Kentucky, who a lot of people thought would be gone by now. Uh, but he's not right number now one necessarily, the, the but somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. But in terms of the Big Ten, as ESPN has it right now, the best available is Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State, who was projected to be a first round pick. And now it's still sitting there as we get into day two. Somebody's going to get a steal because he he is a fantastic uh, cornerback, right? 
mm-hmm. you said and and like i mean honestly i had heard of devin witherspoon but i'd always heard more pub coming from uh joey porter jr and and so i'm 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 kind of surprised that he did not get taken i really am i just it's a it's a conundrum it, it's a it's a grab your chin and go hmm. <laughs> one of those stroke, uh, stroke your chin if you've got a a, a a half grown beard like such as i you know you pet it like it's a, a dog and wonder what in the world <laughs> is going on like that or with that so i don't know <laughs> um besides that uh espn has the eight best available as we get into round two day two uh, Keanu Benton, the defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. They have the 11th best available being the center Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. They have the 14th best available being tight end Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Um, Jaden Reed, the receiver from Michigan State at 18. John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota at number 19. Um, and that rounds out the top 20 that ESPN has for Big Ten players, best available as we get into round two. And somebody I'll throw in, since, again, I have the Michigan State interest, that uh, may not be a second rounder. We'll see how everything shakes out. But pay attention to Bryce Beringer and where the the boot with goggles, the, the punter lands, because <laughs> I, I love that. Um, because he was tremendous, and he's been impressing people during some of these these offseason workouts, the, the different pro days, combines, whatever. Um, Bryce Beringer is somebody to pay attention to as we move forward into into day two and three. So today is what the uh, second and third round, correct? They, yes. they do second and third, and then then fourth through seventh tomorrow, <clears throat> which I can remember they used to do it all on Saturday, Sunday, and it was you know like noon to eleven thirty at night on Saturday, and it was just wall to wall draft and because that was when the first round you got 15 minutes the second round you got 10 and then the third round i think you still had 10 it just it took forever and i think they've done wise on getting excuse me on getting this you know set up the way they do but um what always you know through my years of fantasy football drafting i know how the draft works um (laughs) uh, (laughs) You don't take your punters and kickers until later yep. in the draft. So it's, I mean, the one time that I remember um, a punter going in the first round was my Chicago Bears taking Todd Sauerbrunn from West Virginia back in the day. What year would that have been? Uh, do, 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 maybe late 90s, I think. Okay. And Interesting. Like, that's the only time I have ever seen. And, and people were losing their minds. Why would you waste a first round pick? And then, then he punted in games. And they were like, oh, that's why you spent the first round pick on him. Because he had a leg that absolutely. And they, they must do something with the water in Morgantown. Because Pat McAfee came from west virginia as well and so it, it just he, and he was he was also the first punter i ever saw that you know how back in the day they used to have the flowing sleeves that didn't have the the elastic cuff he uh-huh. would he would tighten it up so it was against it like a he didn't have the the loose sleeve he had it tightened up to where he was showing off the guns and everything i'm like this guy's ba right here buddy some swagger out of a putter he had a leg that would just i mean i think his first 
I think his first like three or four games, he averaged over 50 yards a punt. And like the, the, the root. And the thing is, is the return, you know, a lot of times they say, if you outkick coverage, you can have great average, but the, the return, the net is, is a lot small. His net was minute because he would get air under it as well as length. So the bears were able to cover the punt and keep the returns down, but they were getting 50 yards a punt. And, but he only, he ended up going to, I think Carolina after that and then Denver, but, uh, yeah, so Todd Sauerbrunn, the only first-round punter I've ever seen drafted. <laughs> um, hey, real quick, before we end up taking our final uh, quarter break and getting into the fourth quarter, uh, we do have some news outside of the NFL draft we can get into for the Big Ten. Big Ten basketball on the men's side, the conference opponents have been I released, and we could go through and see what we think here. Let's start. We'll, we'll go alphabetical order. How's this? Okay. We'll start Illinois. And uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll just name the one place because the two plays, obviously, that means they're playing Both. each of those teams home and away. And that's the majority of the, the teams in, in the conference. I think so they the play what? Place. Eight teams, both places? I believe seven. Seven. Okay. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right? Or six? Well, they have 10, 10 home, 10 away. I know that <laughs> seven it's seven. Okay. So there are three um, teams they'll play only at home and three teams. They only play it. Correct. On the road. Yep. And they're obviously not the same because you know, correct. And you can't play yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so by math. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's start with Illinois at home. The one place they're going to take on Indiana, Minnesota, Nebraska. Their one plays on the road, Ohio state, Penn state, Wisconsin. Any thoughts? Move no. on to Indiana. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, you know what? My biggest question about Illinois is just what are they going to, you know, I mean, are they going to fix the, and by the way, I just looked, It's it was a second round pick, not a first round pick for the Bears. On <laughs> um, and you know what the kicker is, and I know I'm completely getting off, off topic. He was a pick by the Bears, and the only pictures they have is when he was with the uh, with the Patriots. You say the kicker with that or the punter with that? The punter. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. The kicker <laughs> for this punter <laughs> is they only have pictures of him punting for the Patriots on the little clip or, you know, the overview or whatever. I'm like, he was a Bears pick for crying out loud. At least put I, him in his uniform. Write a uh, sternly, sternly worded letter. letter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest thing for Illinois is, are they going to figure it out for themselves? I don't care about who their opponents are if they can't yeah. figure it out, you know? And, and I want to say that they added another wing from Oregon here just recently too. And I'm like, didn't you learn from last year on what was going on with, I mean, yeah, you had a great athletic team, but you couldn't gel, get mm -hmm. somebody that's going to help gel. And maybe this guy will, I don't know, but Illinois biggest concern is within not who they're playing yet. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, uh, but the, the solutions I have for you or the answers I have in hand now are schedule-related. So, but I agree. I this, that. This I get is, that. <laughs> um, Indiana, they're, they're one plays at home. They'll have Iowa, Michigan State, Northwestern come to Assembly Hall. They will go to Illinois, Michigan, and Rutgers. Uh, for Iowa, 
They're at home one place. Nebraska, Ohio State, Rutgers. Their one place on the road will be Indiana, Michigan State, and Northwestern. Getting IU and MSU in there for Iowa is tough for on your the one road place. at least. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to travel there, and and you know what? I and, and I use, we still don't know what's going on because the tra- transfer portal is still open. But IU's yeah. going to struggle if they don't add some people because uh-huh. they're losing a ton. So. And that, that's not me talking as a Purdue fan necessarily. That, that's me being realistic on what they're losing compared to what they've got coming back in. Yep. You know, they've got a lot to replace. And if they don't do it right, they're going to have a, a, another down year for, for IU, which, yay, as a Purdue <laughs> fan. But you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, they, they've got, they're kind of along the way of Illinois of they've got to figure out what's going on within them before they have to worry about who they're playing, you know? And yeah, well, and, and the Hoosiers did get a little bit of good news in getting yes. Xavier Johnson to come back uh, for that, that medical, medical redshirt. Yeah. Um, so Johnson being back is a big boost, but you're right. I mean, with Trace Jackson Davis being gone, Jalen Hood, Shafino being gone, mm-hmm. like there's, there's some gaps to fill. That's a major part of your offense and a good portion of your defense leaving and not coming back next year that you've got to replace. And that's a, yep. that's a big question mark that I use going to have uh, going in. Or going um, for Maryland, their one plays at home will be Michigan, Nebraska, and Purdue. Their one plays on the road will be Minnesota, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Um, for Michigan, their one plays. Uh, Indiana, Minnesota, Wisconsin at home. Their road one plays will be Maryland, Northwestern, and Penn State. Uh, for Michigan State, their one plays and, and Michigan State, Purdue. We could take a couple <laughs> minutes, take it a look at. Well, not just this, because I know this one play here. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not just because we have fan interest, but I, I truly believe as we sit April 28th, like these are the top two contenders for the right. Big Ten. Correct. For, yes. for next year. And I don't, um, I don't know that anybody would have a big argument. Right. I mean, Maryland, we've talked about it. Maryland might be the closest. Maryland and Ohio State may be the two closest. But even if you add certain people that we've talked about to either one of those rosters, we still think Purdue and Michigan State are number one and number two. Agreed. Even if, in this hypothetical world, Maryland's able to land Hunter Dickinson away Nostra from Kansas, Dalton. Kentucky... Like if if they're able to do it, I still like Michigan State and Correct. Purdue's rosters yep. more. Um, but for Michigan State, their one plays at home, Iowa, Ohio State, and Rutgers. The one plays on the road, and what cued the Sam's chuckle? Indiana, Nebraska, and Purdue. Yet again, you got to go to Mackey. <laughs> being the one plays on the road is brutal, <laughs> brutal. But yeah, go going to Mackey Arena, which is just considered the abyss like it's just a black hole um that's that's tough and if they have a blackout game it's even darker <laughs> but it is it is tough the i don't think michigan state has won there since 2015 it's been a i while. believe it's, it's been about eight been years um so we'll we'll see maybe michigan state can can snap that streak this year but that is that is a tough i can tell tough. you it will be the game of the week if it if if things hold serve the way we think it's gonna with those two being the top two teams game of the week for big 10 perspective, it'd be game of the year. Like I'm talking nationally, like, yeah, I would agree. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. But I was going to say like from big 10 perspective, like, I mean, as you sit on April 28th and this is really a stupid thought exercise to do, but (laughs) 
you could say that's for the Big Ten Championship as of now on well, April 20th. Well, like, we don't have when it is. It could be like yeah. the second game of the conference. I mean, honestly, it won't be, but because I think the Big Ten's probably smarter than that. But, you know, I mean, you just don't know where where it's scheduled at. You yeah. know who the opponents are. You just don't know when. Again, a stupid thought exercise to, to do. But if we want to do one uh, seven months before <laughs> we get into eight months before we I get into I guarantee you it's not going to be a Tuesday night, though. <laughs> I, I bet you're right. Um, Minnesota, their one plays at home, Maryland, Rutgers, Wisconsin. Their one plays on the road, Illinois, Michigan, Purdue. That's rough. Yes, uh, Nebraska, their one plays uh, at home, Michigan State, Penn State, Purdue. On the road will be Illinois, Iowa, and Maryland. For Northwestern, their home one plays will be Iowa, Michigan, Ohio State. Their road one plays Indiana, Rutgers, Wisconsin. That's pretty difficult as well. Um, Ohio State, one plays at home, Illinois, Maryland, and Purdue. One plays on the road will be Iowa, Michigan State, and Northwestern. That's not right, we an got, easy road one plays either for them. Mm -mm. We got four left. Uh, Penn State, home one plays. Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, road one plays. Nebraska, Purdue, and Rutgers. Now Purdue. This is one of the other teams that, I mean, obviously, you're looking at between Michigan State and Purdue as of now being a title contender or title favorite. Uh, home one plays for the Boilermakers. Michigan State, Minnesota, Penn State. Road one plays. Maryland, Nebraska, Ohio State. I, I think that's a pretty good breakdown. The, for on, the, the only one that, you know, I, and, you know, it all depends on how Ohio State, Ohio State could be really, it could be that dark horse that jumps out, but going to Maryland always is tough. And with the way that, you know, that's going to be the absolute hardest one of the three that they play on the road one play-wise. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think overall, like no matter what, you're going to have some degree of difficulty. Correct. It's a big 10, yes, right. but like overall, they don't not have a bad break down. away. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do. Oh, as yeah, they do. Play. That's right. They, play the <laughs> they don't have to go to East Lansing. That's what I meant. Gosh, uh, I, away. I knew they, they don't have to go to Penn State and they don't have to go to Minnesota, but they don't have to go to East Lansing. <sighs> that's right. And the that barn helps. always is tough, even when they're I mean. Last year wasn't, but if you go to East Lansing, what we've we've learned is we don't exactly know who's going to win, but it's going to be a one possession game at the end. Whether it's going to be a one possession game that get the winning shot gets hit within ten seconds of the end of the game. That's just the way it works. Whether it's twenty eighteen Bridges hitting the three against Purdue, whether it's twenty twenty Travion Williams, or was it twenty one? I believe it was twenty one. It was 21. Williams had the layup in the final second. 22, Walker hit the three to beat him. And then last year, Edie had the layup. So it's, you don't really know who wins, but you know you're in for a good one anytime it goes to East Lansing. Um, let's move to Rutgers. They're one plays at home, Indiana, Northwestern, Penn State. One plays on the road, Iowa, Michigan State, and Minnesota. And to wrap this up, uh, home one plays for Wisconsin, Illinois, Maryland, Northwestern, on the road, Michigan, Minnesota, and Penn State. So that's how the breakdown goes for the Big Ten. Wisconsin as doesn't have a terrible road one play schedule. Mm -mm. Michigan's the toughest one, and we don't know what they're going to be going into next year. I mean, uh, yeah, they 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 got a little bit nicer of a road schedule for the one place. 
And with Wall coming back to Madison, uh, you get some of those younger players developing, like a Siegen. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how the, the Badgers fare. But let's go ahead and move now to the fourth quarter. I spelled that wrong. I sent you a present. <laughs> <laughs> let's hit the whistle. Now for in the our headlines. A message, mister. <laughs> yeah, Stan was. We, we were trying to behind the scenes uh, discuss about the headlines and and what was coming up here. And Sam was trying to tell me to go first, right when I asked him to hit the whistle. And it came I was out, in you the middle first. of first. <laughs> I was in the middle of typing the word first, and you said let's hit the whistle. So I had to hit send just so you got at least the message. And yeah, it came out first. So I got to be honest, and, and we are coming up against it, but I'm I'm a little worried we might share the same headline. That's not one of the things we've talked about yet, yeah. because mine is a Purdue-based headline. Okay. Is yours? Well, you go, you go ahead, because yes, it is. So you go ahead, and I'm we'll guessing, talk about it if it is. So I'm guessing ahead. we're the same, because I've been talking about this uh, throughout the week on, on other platforms and whatnot, but I think it's such a neat thing that's taking place in West Lafayette. Renovations happening to Ross-Aide Stadium, and one of the big things that's happening there at Ross-Aide is... Uh, he's shaking his head. So I'll tell you what, we're, it's Dalton Daly. It's Sam Sentinel. Sam Sentinel. We can combine it together. But just to give everybody the story, if, if you're not aware yet, ross Stadium undergoing some renovations. They got a great donation coming in from the Breeze family. And part of what the renovations and new look to ross will be is, oh, nice down, <laughs> down below. Um, the, the tunnel will be named in honor of Joe Tiller. It'll yes. for now be the Tiller Tunnel that Purdue will run out of for their games there at Ross-Aid Stadium. And I thought, you know, especially as we're, we're in the middle of celebrating uh, Gene Cady going into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, a Purdue icon that was so deserving, and it's it's been time to, to do something. Joe Tiller, much the same way, took Purdue to a Big Ten championship in football. Do you know how hard that is? It, well, I mean, been to two Rose Bowls in the history of the school. And one of them was with Joe Tiller or Joe Tiller took him to it, you know? And so, yeah, it's, that's a big thing. He was Purdue able doesn't, to Purdue doesn't win football championships. Often. He was innovative. He was ahead at the time when it comes to offense and philosophy. And yeah. I mean, and, and so, the, the point being, like, despite the or, or not despite, but besides the accolades, it's just a really neat way to remember Joe Tiller and what he did for that Purdue program for for the rest of time. I, I, I thought it was such a great way to honor the, the memory of Joe Tiller and everything he did. And uh, now, now that I've kind of shared what the story is from the Purdue fan uh, base, what what what's the feelings for you? What is the effect for you? Well, the one thing that I, I, that made me want to, to cover this as my headline was, let's think about you. You even mentioned it came from the breeze foundation. Drew Brees is an all time great NFL quarterback mm -hmm. who went to Purdue and going into college only had like two major offers. And, and part of the context is Breeze was hurt towards the end of his high school career. Correct. And a lot of people said, we're out. And mm -hmm. Joe Tiller and Purdue said, no, we're in. And, and, and that, and honestly, 
shame on the Chargers for not seeing that when he got hurt at the end of his rookie contract and they decided not to to resign him because that should show that I mean granted don't think don't get me wrong they should they they probably thought well this is a different injury but he has the the work ethic and the the wherewithal to to do it but anyways my point being is that meant something to Drew Brees and and he, Purdue is his his alma mater he he loves West Lafayette he loves uh you know he, he's a very philanthropic person and to honor somebody that that didn't give up on him is what really rang true to me granted that you know this could be could have been done at any point but drew Brees finally decided you know what we're going to donate some money we're going to make this happen Mm -hmm. Uh, that that tells you what kind of man joe tiller was uh to the people that he brought in to his team and and to honor him for the rest of ross aid stadium's history with tiller tunnel is just an amazing uh, show of, of of respect and love for a person that didn't give up on him. So uh, Joe Tiller was fabulous, you know, and he reminded me of my grandfather because he just had that look, but he knew what he was doing. You know, the, the basketball on grass, the whole, we're going to run the ball by throwing. Mm-hmm. They, I, I know that sounds really odd, but they'd literally throw a bubble screen and put the ball in their, their, fastest receivers hands and they would get 15 yards you know and they joe tiller was the first coach that i saw that beat notre dame Mm -hmm. and that that was a big thing in my life because i told you why i have a disdain for notre dame is because the only time i ever got to watch them because i didn't have cable and college football wasn't every game wasn't broadcast the only time i ever got to watch them was when they got their butts handed to them in south bend so i but so it was a big thing to be able to watch them beat them and i it was darn near tear worthy to beat notre dame and joe tiller was the coach and and he brought that we were not going to be scared of any team his first year there with drew Brees, uh there they went to the alamo bowl and beat the number four team in the country in k-state you know the, he brought a different uh, now, don't get me wrong. They've been a dumpster fire in between in there with some some teams, but he brought a new breath of what Purdue football should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so this is just a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is absolutely tremendous. So the Joe Tiller Tunnel at Ross Aid Stadium. That's our Love headline it. for the Dalton Daily. And I, I I kind of uh, you know hijacked the this Dalton Daly and Sam Sentinel there. <laughs> That's it, totally fine. I tell you what, though, we're up against it. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find us on the way out? Yes, sir. So Instagram and Twitter, excuse me, it's at B1G underscore talk. So big talk. Um, you have to put the underscore in there or you're going to get excuse me, something completely different that's not us, Uh, then you go go to Facebook, B1G Talk, so Big Talk, just type it in, think about it even, they might even uh, pull it up there. Um, If you just say it out loud, eventually something will come up for us because that's the way Facebook works. (laughs) Uh, But we're on oddpodsmedia.com. We are the only sports show in the network, so that fits well. Um, and it, uh, I still haven't changed the graphic Dalton. It says twice a week on ASAP, but right now during the off season, the down season until the end of July, we're going once a week on Fridays. Uh, but you can catch us on ASAP network, get the app. If you so choose, if not, you can find us on Spotify, a video, uh, or anywhere you want, uh, to listen to us anywhere that gives podcasts. So that's us. 
Perfect. Well, once again, we want to thank all of you for tuning in and joining us for another episode of Big Talk. That's Sam Sprunger. I'm Dalton Shetler. Until next week and until we we know a little bit more about where Big Ten alums <laughs> are going to find and right. call their homes. Uh, so long. We'll talk to you then. See ya.